Warning. The following podcast contents material that could be deemed offensive. You'll hear explicit language, jokes in poor taste and overall crude humor. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Well, maybe he just has manners. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Hanging with these as I exhale. Episode... 23, I believe. It's 22. Fuck. I'm going to start doing this every week, not knowing what episode we're on. I think it's, no, I think it's 23. I'm sure. It's your show. Whatever. (laughs) It's one of those. Uh, Of course, I am your host, Deez. And with me, as always, we have Dylan. Hey. And got quite a bit of sports tidbits to go over. Also going to review Thursday Night Football as it is Friday. And uh, then we'll uh, talk about the sad news of the week, but let's just kick it off with some some general news. Um, the Jets had a positive test today and sent everybody home, and they are scheduled to play the Cardinals, I believe, yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday. And uh, as of right now, the Cardinals are scheduled to jump on a plane to Jersey. Um I got to imagine that they're going to wait and see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. And and make a decision. Um I I, I don't like where this is going. Nope. I mean, uh we had the guy, we had one guy with the Raiders. Um and since we last broadcast on Monday, Tennessee had what four or five more positives through the course of the week, I Something believe. like that. They've had a lot. Yeah, I think they're up to a total of like 24 positives. And, of course, that, you know, a lot of even some of the players on the Steelers are, are starting to speak out and talk about how it's, you know, it's bullshit. And I guess the other thing that happened is it's now come out that the Titans did, in fact, break protocol and, and mm-hmm. held private workouts at a some private school. Yeah. And there are arguments back and forth. I've seen Titan fans on Twitter. Well, they, you know, the league sent out the memo the day after that workout, but... Um, the Titans specifically were told before then, yeah. just because the memo didn't go out, but the Titans were told before that not to gather, and they did. And now they're saying that it actually happened more than once. Mm. And I guess the initial workout was mostly skill players, mm-hmm. including Tannehill. And then they're saying that uh, w- at least one of these other workouts involved other people as well. So... I I don't know what's going to happen. They did go all the today's the first day. They didn't have a positive all week mm-hmm. and the NFL has moved their game next week or, or this week, I should say to Tuesday. So are you ready for some Tuesday night football? Right. Um, that's going to be weird, but I mean, More football. If, if yeah, if you're an NFL fan, you now have, you know, four days out of the seven that you get to, to watch some football. Um, and then because their next week opponent is the Buffalo Bills, 
The Bills were originally scheduled to play Thursday night football next week. Well, they're not going to have a team play Tuesday and then, or not. Yeah, play Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. Around. Yeah, because, yeah, they're playing the Bills. Um, is it this week? Yeah, it's this week. And then the Bills following week, they were supposed to play on Thursday night. So that has now been pushed back to Sunday. So they're still turning around pretty short. Yeah. So it, it sucks because the the teams that are getting fucked aren't the Titans. Right. It's now the Steelers who were forced to take a bye week when they didn't want to. And now the Bills are, are going to have to play on a very short week. Or I guess not very short. It's kind of like a, a Monday to Sunday or, yeah. or something like that. But it's still not something you plan for. And it throws a, a wrench in the whole thing. And it's... I'm I'm kind of leaning towards look until Tennessee can push out three four days of negative all negatives they forfeit like mm. they they're literally fucking the whole league up because they can't follow simple protocols and at this point the team that gets their shit together is is gonna not only come together as a team but I mean they're gonna be the last one standing the right. the best team that you know can stay clean and not lose a, a player. Um, obviously, we already knew Cam Newton. He went down with, with COVID. And that game, um, you know, they played him tougher than I thought. Yeah. Um, but And then now... Um, Gilmore. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore, the arguably one of the best, if not the best corners in the league. We disagree on that mm-hmm. fact. But, I mean, without a doubt, he's top three on no matter what you think. And and now he's positive. So now you got basically your offensive superstar and your defensive superstar have tested positive. Now, Cam, both of them, as far as I know, are, are asymptomatic. So if they can pet, go negative, they'll be able to play this week. Just judging by, well, I mean, hell, it looks like Donald Trump knows what the secret cocktail is. But, yeah. you know, it's highly unlikely. But. I guess it's a possibility, but if if they have to play without both of those guys, they might be in trouble. Right. Um, I, uh, I do you remember who they play this week? Who? The Patriots. Um, I do not. Let's look that up. Um, well, while you're looking that up, I'll, I'll yeah, talk. Yeah, I, um, right I want to circle back to the Tennessee issue. I, I don't see them forfeiting games. Because, uh, I don't either. Because but... the league doesn't want to lose out on the revenue, but what I think would be an appropriate punishment is – because the two teams it's affecting are Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Uh, compensatory picks. I can see that. Yeah. Where, where, okay, one team gets a third rounder and the other team gets a second rounder in 2022. Flip a coin. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, you get a choice. Uh, at at yeah. this point, I think it's a given that they're going to lose draft picks. Yeah. Like that at right now is like minimum sentence. Yeah. If it continues, though, and you have to keep shuffling games around, I mean, you got to drop the hammer, especially how agree. As far as I'm concerned, that's a very egregious violation. Yeah, you are not only putting yourselves at risk, but you're putting your teammates at risk, your coaches at risk, and all of their families and the teams that you subsequently would play. Right, and you know the Vikings still have not had a positive test, so. That's encouraging because mm-hmm. you got to – I mean, I don't know how many guys that tested positive were actually on the field against the Vikings. Good point. But in the case of, like, Stephon Gilmore, 
all week long, you've seen a picture of him basically hugging Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And you got to think at that point he was already carrying the virus because mm-hmm. I think he tested positive. It was either the, the day after or maybe it was the, the following day. But, mm-hmm. I mean, just the, the science of the whole thing says that he probably at least was carrying the virus. Right. Now, we also know that uh, over the course of these last decades it seems like but in reality seven months we know that people who are asymptomatic are much less likely to transmit the virus so i don't necessarily think a quick hug when you're fully dressed in pads and and everything is gonna be enough right you know it's not like he walked up and spit in his mouth or anything Mm -hmm. but um so that's encouraging but yeah if if they start popping positive again, and it's very possible. I mean, the way this thing spreads, sometimes it could take up to two weeks before it would even show up in a test. Um, if the if it continues, you're gonna have to really come down on them, and that includes forfeits. As much as I don't want to see it, and the NFL doesn't want to see it, you it might come to that point. Right. I think something else that they, I think, will eventually happen is that the NFL will put in a bye week between the regular season and the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I mean, the way it's going, I, I definitely see that and make sure that everybody is, is good to go. And, yeah, I, I think that'd be the smart thing to do. Well, maybe even just move, do that to move some games that you can't move and also maybe an additional bye week after that to where yeah, it's a I agree. I mean, bye look, week of- every, every sports season so far has been, you know, pretty well fucked yeah and and schedules has you know we're still playing the nba finals um major league baseball is still going on and so yeah i could see the nfl season possibly even stretching into beginning of march yeah you know i mean the way this is going it it could very well um so yeah we're gonna definitely keep a close eye on that other news in the nfl before we uh go over last night's game uh jimmy garoppolo is supposed to return this week against the dolphins um I think I picked the Niners and you picked the Dolphins, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, yeah. And I think I changed just, that. <laughs> you, changing your mind <laughs> yeah, on that? Yeah. yeah, that'd probably be a good idea. No. Um, also, um, let's see. We talked about the Jets. Uh, Bucks did lose one of their stud defensive tackles last night to a, a broken ankle. He was carted off. Um, Cowboys stud left tackle Tyron Smith is going to miss the rest of the year. He's got to have neck surgery. And that you know that's gonna hurt yeah um you know that's his blind side especially as well as Dak is playing right now um nfl i think that is about it as far as the main news and we'll we'll talk about the game here in a second moving on real quick we've got a a pretty pretty stout weekend of college football yeah. a lot of ranked teams playing each other uh number four florida taking on 21 texas a&m virginia tech is uh i think that says 19 yeah and they're taking on north carolina um, LSU, Missouri, Missouri not that's great. not really a big one. Do we have Texas and Oklahoma? Always which a big one. It, it is a big one, but it's not as big as it would have been three weeks ago Yeah, when, when both of these teams were considered to be playoff contenders. Uh, Oklahoma's dropped two in a row now, and Texas just got upset last week, so they're both probably – well, Oklahoma's definitely out of the picture. Yeah. Texas more than likely is out of it. Um, we got Tennessee – and uh, they're number 14 against number three, Georgia. So that is a, a pretty big game. Tennessee's been playing pretty good ball so far this year. Nice um, to actually see them back because they haven't been right, good it's, like a Yeah, they've been kind of irrelevant for, for quite a while now. Uh, so, yeah, they are back. Uh, Miami Clemson, that's Miami huge. Clemson, seven versus one. That is a big one. 
and uh, Alabama probably going to beat the dog shit out of Ole Miss, uh, Notre yeah. Dame, Florida State. Florida State's not a very good football team this no. year. Uh, but, yeah, still some big games, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of shakeup we get when uh, when those go down. Uh, over to MLB. The championship series are almost set. Uh, we got one game left on the, the National League side. They're set. It's Braves-Dodgers, which is, I mean, kind of what was expected, Dodgers especially. Um, yeah, they stomped the shit out of the Padres, didn't they? Yeah, but I'm telling you, the Padres – they need a few more pieces, but they've got like Tatis Jr. as a stud. If they can put a, a few more guys around him, they could make some noise in the, in the near future. Um, Miami Marlins, nobody expected them to be there, and the Braves pretty much treated them as such. Uh, both of those were sweeps. And in the AL, Houston, the much maligned, hated, cheating bastard Houston Astros, right. have once again advanced to the ALCS. And they await the winner of the game five tonight between the Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. So Tampa's having a pretty good sports year. I mean, they yeah. they won the Stanley Cup, and then they got the Rays on the brink of, of knocking the Yankees out tonight. Uh, it's game five, so it should be fairly exciting. And then, uh, well, they, they did have a lot to cheer about with Tampa, but we'll get to that in uh, just a second. Um trying to think was there any other major news oh hockey news uh local flavor the chicago blackhawks have basically announced that they will not bring back Corey crawford mm. and that they're going to go with their two young guys and i gotta tell you that's that's a bad look because they say they want to win and yet you're letting the best free agent goalie available walk away and turning it over to these two young guys who have been in the system. One guy has been in the system since 2017. The other guy has been there, I believe even longer than that. And they haven't been able to unseat crawl, you know, since. So why the hell do you think that they can take its place now? Hmm. And local like Chicago media is, is not happy. The big, the, the hockey writers say that uh, Bowman is just fucking that team up and, and wasting the talent of Patrick Kane and, and, uh, Jonathan Taze, and I got to agree. Why would you let – I mean, I know Crawford isn't what he was five years ago, ten years ago for that matter, but he's still your best option. Mm-hmm. You know, so it might it might be a while before we, uh, we celebrate anything Blackhawks again. Uh, all right, so we'll uh, – last night, Thursday Night Football, finally a good game. Mm-hmm. I mean, two good teams, the Bears and the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. <laughs> I, I'm going to forget that they're Tampa and just yeah. start calling them Tampa. Yeah. Uh, both of us picked the Bucks, and both of us proved to be stupid. Right. Um, Bear, stupid is Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so the Bears pulled it out, what was it, 2019, 20, something like that? I think it was 1917. I thought it was 20. Either way, Bears win. Um, Brady didn't look great. He didn't. I mean, he didn't look horrible, right? But he definitely didn't look like Tom Brady. And I, I guess you got to give some credit to the Bears' defense because they're not slouches. Yeah, Cleo Mike Mack played his ass off. Yeah, game, so. and twenty nineteen, um, you're right. Yeah, twenty nineteen was the final. And, and Big Dick Nick didn't look great either. He he had a pick. Tom didn't even done, didn't throw a pick. Um, 
So both of them were, were fairly efficient. I think Tom had a better completion percentage, but nobody really could get any major yards and chunks. Um, and then, of course, at the end of the game, Bucks get the ball back, and Tom literally forgot what down it was. Yeah. And he, the, the throw to Gronk was kind of behind him, mm-hmm. which I'm surprised he even threw at Gronk. I'll, I'm going to get on that in just a second. And then the next play, I think then they got a few positive yards and they rushed up to the line. And uh, the pass wasn't even close. He was trying to go to Cameron Brait, who actually did have a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost uh, O.J. Howard for, I believe, the season. Yeah, he's out for the year. And Cameron Bray, who had a, a good year, a couple good years mm-hmm. with. Uh, I was shocked to learn he's with, their third string tight end. I know, like, me damn. too. Um, he, I mean, he did well when he had Jameis Winston. Mm. A- and yeah, it just, you know, usually when you see Tom get the ball with over a minute left. Game over. Uh, yeah. He, uh, all you need is a field goal. Are you kidding me? You got Mike Evans, who was a little banged up, but he played the whole game. Um, and I think he even caught one of their touchdowns. He did, yeah. Um, he, you got Gronk, who who the fuck knows what's going on with that. And uh, Godwin was out, I believe, right? Godwin was out. Yeah. But it's still, they, it just, they, they looked like a not very good team trying to run the hurry-up offense. And some credit to the Bears. The Bears secondary played their ass off. I mean, from the, the parts that I did watch, um, they looked strong. But still, it's Tom Brady. I mean, this is the GOAT, according to everybody. And and he looked rather pedestrian. And, and I've talked about this before. When these quarterbacks, you never see it coming. Mm-hmm. They're, they're great. They're great. They're great. And then all of a sudden, they, they're old. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to wonder if, if that's not. He did throw five touchdowns the previous week. Uh, against San Diego. Uh, uh, who? God, fuck off. <laughs> L.A., the Chargers. Yeah, no, he did, but I still, I don't know. I, I just see a little bit of a taper, I guess. But, I mean, you can't say it's the talent around him because in New England, very rarely did he have a lot of wide receiver superstars. He had a lot of underneath guys. I mean, he did have a few. He had Moss for a Moss while. Moss for, what, two years or whatever. Um, Gronk, who, again, is... Who knows what the hell's going on with that? Uh, he just, I don't know. Like I said, he didn't look like the guy that had that killer instinct to me. Mm. He still had a decent game. I yeah, mean, no, he didn't terrible. play bad. But again, it just uh, it just didn't look like the Tom Brady that I've watched for the last too fucking long, basically. Yeah. And, uh, so, and while I'm talking about it, could somebody please tell me why Rob Gronkowski came back? Like, I mean... We're in week, what was it, week five, and I think he's got less than 10 catches. You know, I mean, uh, is he in that bad a shape, or did he lose, like, that much muscle mass or speed? Or I mean, he was unfucking coverable for basically his whole career. You You had to double him with linebacker safety or even a corner safety, whatever, and he still... Got open, made the catch, and made the tough yards, and I don't see that out of him. Mm. You know, he he blocks, but he's I don't, he's just an average tight end, which goes to show 
weeks ago when we talked about Madden, they gave him a 95 overall rating. I haven't looked at it lately. I would certainly hope that that thing has dropped. And at this point, he should be an 80. Yeah. I mean, he's done literally nothing. He's got, like I said, I want to say less than 10 catches. It's not much more than that, I know. And he hasn't scored this year. So I just, like I said, I got to wonder why. Why did you come back yeah. if, if you're just going to line up and, you know, pretend to play the game of football? Well, I mean, I wouldn't go that far and say it's lack of effort, but. I mean, he did average 17 yards a catch last night. He had a 23-yard catch. Um, I guess he was targeted six times, which is better than he had been. But still, it just, I don't know, the, the relationship that Brady and Gronkowski had for however many years Gronk was, was with him, uh, it just. You would think it would be better. Right. Like, that is the one guy that that Brady is comfortable with in that offense that he already knows. I mean, obviously, you got Mike Evans. You're going to get him the ball as much as possible, banged up or not. But still, you've got, you know, this guy that you have literally thrown dozens of touchdowns to over the last decade, and you're not really giving him – that many targets yeah stats for on the year are 12 receptions for 140 yards no touchdowns averaging 11.7 per catch yeah so okay 12 catches over five games yeah that's not good no not not for what we're used to out of him well that's not really good period but no it's not good for anybody that's considered a starter um but especially a guy like him who granted he did have a year off but still like or was, was it two years it was a year yeah, it was just one full year. Yeah. Um, and, and he was banged up before he retired and was still putting up better numbers than this. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I'd like to think that, you know, maybe that they're kind of saving him. Maybe they know that he doesn't have a lot in the tank and his body is uh, – maybe his body's beaten up more than we think and they're right. trying to save him for maybe a playoff push. Who knows? Did um, you ever see the clip last year – uh, when he was, I think he was talking for some CBD company and talked about how much it helped him. And he was talking about how beat up he was. And he like started to like cry because he was like, like how miserable he felt. Yeah. And, and I mean, I believe it. That yeah. guy, he was a tank, but he took a lot of shots. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was, he's old school, you know, as much as I dislike him because he was one of those stealer killers, man. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, he was very reliable. He would catch just about anything. He had really good speed for a, as big as he is, mm. and you you couldn't stop him. You just hoped that you could bat the ball down or whatever. Because I mean, if he could give Tom the target, he was going to make the catch nine times out of ten, and he was a matchup nightmare. And, and again, contact. He was one of those guys. As soon as he would catch it boom, he's getting hammered. Yeah. And and that would, I mean, definitely take a toll, and I could see that. That And that's why I say that maybe maybe he's not as healthy as, as he's leading people to believe, or maybe they're, you know, kind of saving him a little bit and, and knowing that if they rely on him the way that Brady relied on him for so many years that he's never going to make it through the season. Sure, maybe. You know, I don't know. Hard to say. Um, I mean, Brady is of the evil genius Belichick school. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we were both wrong on that. And, and my guy, Jake texted me today and basically told me that I am, I have to pick against the bears 
for the rest of the year because the only time that I picked the Bears to win was the one loss that they have. Uh, I, I still say even at four and one, I I'm not buying it. Yeah, you know, I just that they've been very fortunate. Uh, this was a game. Honestly, I thought they'd get beat bad. Right. I mean, not like you know, thirty point blowout, but I didn't think it was going to be within a within a score, let alone them winning outright. Um, but I, I'm still, like I said, I'm still not sold on the Bears as a true contender, uh, especially in that division. I think Green Bay is head and shoulders above them, and the Vikings have looked good offensively for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, their defense has let them down, which is kind of a surprise the way Zimmer is. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'm not even ruling the Vikings out yet. And we talked about it earlier this week that this week is is make or break for the Vikings. And if they win it, then yeah, they've they've got a, a shot and they're playing Seattle. Um, but if they lose it, then you know it's it's second place for the Bears to lose. Oh shit! I just realized big piece of news we didn't have a chance to cover because news broke like hours after our show ended or maybe the next day. Bill O'Brien got fired. Yeah, yeah. How did I forget that? Yeah. So yeah. we sat here and talked about whether or not you fire him if he loses uh, week five. Well, he didn't have that chance because, like Dylan said, literally within what two hours after I dropped you off, the news yeah. broke, something like that. Uh, and yeah, look, it, it had to happen. Right. I mean, it, it was gonna happen regardless. And obviously, I think his GM decisions. Probably, yeah, that's what got him. Fired. Yeah, probably is what what did it because they had a lot more talent there than they do now, mm-hmm. and they're not really showing much signs of life. So yeah, a, a change had to be made. Um, I mean, I don't know how you feel about midseason changes. I, I don't think anybody's going to come in and fix it. But no. you know, at least now they know. You know, they can start to plan and and see what direction they want to go. Maybe there's some. Uh, new young hot coordinator or whatever that might emerge that uh yeah I, a lot of people have been touting him for a long time uh, or not a long time but last few years i guess right. i should say um so yeah he is chiefs right yep yeah chiefs, chiefs okay. o- offensive coordinator do you remember him as a running back no i do not he was pretty pretty good running back no he shit. played for the chargers um a little fire plug i mean he was quick he was powerful um, but yeah, he was, he was a stud for, huh. for a few years. He was always like in the top five or at least during like his prime. I, I don't remember how long he actually played, but when, when he was at his peak for a handful of years, like he was right there with Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, you know, he was always in the conversation. Um, he was kind of the guy before LT. Mm-hmm. Um, I, actually, I think he was even before probably five or six years before Tomlinson came along, but um, there in, I want to say it was either late eighties or early nineties. Yeah. Eric B was a stud, hmm. um, very shifty. And, and like I said, he was just a little fire. Well, I mean, you see him on silence now. He's not a big guy, no. but he had tree trunks for thighs, man. He, he was hard to bring down, hmm. uh, but yeah, he's, he's been doing great things with Casey's offense, obviously. So, I would think that he's at least going to get a look at one of these openings. And look, there's going to be more openings. I I don't think Adam Gase survives no, past March. Not. I mean, if he even makes it to the end of the year. Right. Um, I think with him, it might just be, you know what? Fuck it. Leave him in there. That way he can help us tank without knowing it by just being shitty. And then. We yeah. Again, Lawrence I mean, or... I don't really see what you gain a whole lot by 
firing a, a coach in, in the middle of the year. Now, in, in O'Brien's case, he's the GM. Yeah. So I, I see that because you don't want him making any other kind of decisions or anything that do any might, more damage. Yeah, do any more damage and, and fuck you for the future. But so, yeah, we had that. Um, what else we got? Anything? I'm trying to think NFL related. Um, not really that I can think off the top of my head. I know uh, Homer news. T.J. Watt was uh, held out of practice practice the other day with a knee injury, but they they say it's minor and they expect him to destroy Carson Carson Wentz this weekend. Uh-huh. Um, and the Eagles are in trouble. I just uh, on the way here was reading that they are now without three receivers, including Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Not like Wentz is going to have much time to to throw to him, right? Um, so yeah, looking looking very forward to that game. Um, all right. Well, I think that is going to wrap it up for our sports part of the day. And, uh, now we got to get sad. Yeah. Middle of the week took a, a very bad turn for guys like myself and Dylan, um, both rockers and we lost Eddie Van Halen. I'm sure by now you've, you've heard. And uh, that one, that one hurt Mm. because I mean, everybody who knows me knows I diehard kiss fan. Right. Uh, have been since a kid. I mean, little kid, probably four or five years old, because my brother was into him, who was six years older than me. He had the albums. And collectively, like, we would get a lot of the Kiss toys, the dolls, the guitar. So, like, I fell in love with Kiss because of the theatrical, you know, I liked the music. It was cool, you know. Right. Um, But it wasn't until, like, ni- literally 1984, 80-85, I was nine, ten years old, MTV had just really started to blow up and the the one that got me where I literally was like mind blown was Hot for Teacher. I wonder why. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean it was, it was a great video but even the guitar in Hot for Teacher, that right. intro, first off you got the bass drum just I mean pound and pound and and then when Eddie kicks in with the guitar, I mean that was where like my love for music and what became or was known now as as hair metal um 80s hard rock like eddie van halen's guitar is is what got me into it Mm. and i knew he was had been sick but and and nobody really knew how sick he was and uh did hear some interesting news that came out um through howard stern he had talked to Sammy Hagar mm-hmm. and Sammy didn't want to come on the show because he, you know, he was upset or whatever, but Sammy did reveal. Uh, if you're not familiar with the situation, they are, there has been some bad blood there for a long time yeah. um, with Michael Anthony and, and both Van Halen brothers or whatever. But Sammy did reveal that him and Eddie were good. Oh, they, really? they had been texting. Um, they had patched things up and they didn't tell anybody because they didn't want rumors starting that uh, they're, they're coming back with Sammy because they both knew that that wasn't going to happen. Right. And, and Sammy went on to say that Eddie stopped responding to him about a month ago. Mm. And that just, uh, last week, early last week, he reached out one more time. And that when he didn't get a response, he knew that it was, it was probably a matter of time. And I mean, like I said, we all knew that he had throat cancer and he had already lost, uh, I think a few years back, like a quarter of his tongue had to be Ooh. cut out. Um, he could still talk. He had, uh, 
I don't know if you want to call it a lisp, but you could definitely tell that there was something there. Hmm. But basically, it, yeah, it, it spread to all of his organs, and in a matter of days, he just completely went downhill and and died with uh, with his wife, son, and and ex wife Valerie Bertinelli, who I also didn't know that they had actually become really close friends hmm. over the years, and like they went to each other's weddings, and you oh, know, wow. she had the, a really nice touching thing on there. But yeah, Eddie, he changed, you know. He changed rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, without I, a doubt. I mean, his his number one influence was, and he said this numerous times, was Eric Clapton. Like that is how, when he started um, playing the guitar, like he would emulate Eric Clapton's style and 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 memorize Clapton's solos. And um, when they were kids, like they came from a musical family. They were, I think, he was born in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think they came over to the United States until like 19, I want to say 62 when he was I want nine or 10 years old and didn't even speak English. And his dad was like a classical pianist and he, the dad wanted them, you know, to become classical musicians. Well, Alex actually played, started playing guitar and Eddie bought a drum kit <laughs> And the turning point came when Eddie heard Alex basically playing the the drum solo from uh, Wipeout. Uh-huh. You know the very famous. You know, it's a, basically almost all drums. Right. And, and basically, Eddie just said, "Take my drums. I, I'll start playing guitar." <laughs> and he would literally walk around the house and lock himself in his room and just sit there. He couldn't read music, but he would listen to music and then emulate it. And uh, God, I just read it today, but another guy from one of those 70s bands was with Eddie and they went to a club and saw, uh, fuck, now I'm not going to be able to remember who it was, but, but they saw this guy playing and, and doing the, the tapping technique, mm-hmm. which back then it wasn't called tapping. Eddie's basically the one that coined the phrase tapping, where you know you, you play all the notes just on the, the neck of the guitar. Mm-hmm. And he said they kind of got it from not only that, but also um, Jimmy Page used to do a similar thing where he would just do the the strings after he would hit a note. And Eddie kind of saw this other guy do it, and and basically he mastered it and perfected it, and and it changed the sound of rock and roll music. Um, Because you had the hard rock guys in the the 70s, late 60s, early 70s of... Zeppelin, Sabbath, and Aerosmith, you know. And then as the 80s rolled along, and especially Eddie Van Halen came out with the screaming, you know, high-pitched wailing on the guitar, that was when you started to see all these other hair bands sound that way with yeah. the, the really highest, you know. And they were still hard rock, and even in their early albums they had that, but just that guitar sound changed rock and basically led to a decade of hair metal. I mean, mm. there's no other way to describe it. And an interesting story out of that a lot of people don't know is that Gene Simmons actually saw Van Halen in a club in L.A. in like 1970, it was either 77 or 78. And sure it wasn't sooner than that because I think Running With The Devil was like 78. Or 79. It, it might have been a year or two before yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Regardless. Uh, and Gene immediately recognized what they were, and he signed them to an exclusive contract on the spot. 
and wanted uh, the band Kiss and their manager Bill Coin to kind of take them under their wing. And you know, he was like, "These guys are are going to be the shit," hmm. and he couldn't convince any of them that they were going to do it. Oh wow! So it, rather than start a big war, he was like, "All right, look," and he he tore up the contract and said, "Look." I love you guys, but I don't want to hold you back. Go, go get them. Hmm. Two weeks later, they were signed to Warner Brothers Records, and Van Halen One came out not long after that, wow. and here they are. Damn. And a- another unknown fact: um, when Kiss started to have their problems in the eighties, hmm. um, Ace Frehley was leaving. Mm-hmm. Eddie Van Halen called Gene and was like, "I, I want to." Uh, I want to come to kiss. Oh, wow. It was at that point where things were starting to go South with, with David Lee Roth, who we find out left in 1985. And Gene was like, no, you're, you're way too big of a rock star. Uh, I I can't put you as just my guitar guy. He's like, you, you make this happen. Yeah. And then of course we know that 1985 David Lee Roth left and they brought in Sammy Hagar, um, who had a pretty good career, but obviously it blew up with once he got on with Van Halen. But yeah, just like I said, really sad. Um, nobody really knew how sick he was. Twenty twenty just sucks. Yeah, it, it really does. Sixty five too. That's pretty. Yeah, I mean that's and there's some footage I was watching from I believe it was twenty fifteen hmm. um, when they were touring with David Lee Roth. Hmm. He looked better at sixty than he did at at. 45 whatever and a lot of that has to do with the fact that he got sober right you know he was a heavy whiskey drinker and i don't know how if he partied so to speak um but he uh yeah he was a heavy drinker and he got sober and and like i said he looked he looked really good i remember when they did the big thing on kimmel or um david david lee roth the opening song he's doing this like karate not karate but uh, he had a staff, basically, like oh. a metal bow staff, and just going to town on it and spinning it super fast. And at one point, you see him wipe his nose, oh. and you couldn't see it because it was going so fast. But then they jumped right into Panama, and the whole time that, that Dave is singing, he keeps wiping his nose on his jacket with his hand or whatever. And finally, about halfway through the song, Dave had to stop it because he was bleeding profusely. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so they stopped the show, and... Well, he stopped the show. Alex and Eddie and, and Wolfgang, who at that time was now the bass player, they kept kind of playing. It was the part of Panama where he, it's the breakdown where he's like, reach down between yeah. my legs. So it's just that kind of that bass riff and, and a low guitar. Meanwhile, David Lee Roth is over on the side of the stage getting patched up, and they come back and they restarted the whole song. Oh, Jesus. And, and Dave you know, did his thing. But back to my original point, um, Eddie looked really good at, at 60 years old. And then, you know, to find out that in less than five years, he had, his entire body was going to be riddled with cancer. It's just kind of mind blowing. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, definitely sad. Um, if you got serious satellite radio, I recommend channel 27. It's called uh, deep tracks and they're doing a, I don't know how long they're going to do it, but basically it's now a Van Halen, uh, tribute, which is, is really kind of cool. So favorite song. Or album or anything like that. Um, I mean, I gotta say, nineteen eighty four, just because like that was the one that got me. But then, going back through their catalog, Van Halen one was a great album. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of songs on there that hadn't heard at the time, but as I got older, more mature, and my my music taste, 
you know, running with the devil and obviously eruption and, and you really got me. Um, Janie's crying, mm. you know, all those things. All, a lot of their early stuff was really good, but 84 is, is definitely the piece de resistance or whatever you want to call sure, it for sure. me. I got to admit it. I kind of think what's going to happen to me with Van Halen is the same thing that happened to me with Prince where Prince died and I knew he was great. And then you appreciate yeah, and then I went back, and all right, let's see why this guy was so great. And then I'm yeah. like, oh, Prince is the fucking shit. I love Prince now. Yeah, I and... mean, I, again, I wasn't a huge Prince fan. Um, I did like, I, I, I always liked Purple Rain. I just, mm-hmm. I, something about it, it was cool. Great fucking And then, song. of course, being a DJ and working in strip clubs, I played a lot of Prince. Kiss, I love the song Kiss yeah. by, by Prince. It's just got a groove to it. Um, when Doves Cry, it's kind of a rock slash... You know, right? Little red Corvette and all that kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, you really you don't appreciate it until you're gone. But I mean, Prince when he did the Super Bowl show, like, kind of here I am. You know, that yeah. opened I think a lot of people's eyes that maybe weren't Prince fans before. But you know, you being what fifteen, almost fifteen years younger than me, twenty eight. So yeah, so you're oh damn, eighteen years younger. Mm-hmm. Really? I was 18 when you were born? 17? Apparently. Fuck. God, I'm old. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so like you didn't grow up on Van Halen. Obviously, you've heard a lot, but... Yeah, just there were kind of one of those bands where like I get the reputation, but I never really... I never gravitated towards them. But I gotta admit, the day he died, I started listening to some of it, and I'm like, yeah, okay, like it's growing on me. Yeah, especially when you just kind of focus on him and yeah. his work. Like You're just like, you're really blown away. And I did the same thing. Day died. I, I got on YouTube and just started pulling up clips and on Spotify. And, and then you like, you really start to appreciate just how much of a fucking master yeah. that guy was. The eruption solo. Especially uh, yeah. Like, Holy it, shit. And, and the studio version of it is great. But like, if you go on YouTube and see some of the live stuff, he turns that into like 10, 15 minutes to where <laughs> eruption will be in there. But it just, he goes and goes and goes and the funny thing about Eruption is that was his warm up. Mm-hmm. Like back when they were still a club band, that was basically his warm up of how he would do it. And he got it so fine tuned. It's a that, hell of a warm up. Right. And, and they turned it into, you know, a little, I think it's only like a minute and 45 seconds as far as the studio cut. But and, it's the intro to You Really Got Me Now. Yeah. 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 If you hear it on the radio, you can count on You Really Got Me coming right after it. But it, it is a separate track. But. Mm. Yeah, they basically threw it in there because they're both really short songs. Uh, same thing. The have you ever heard Van Halen's version of Pretty Woman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we heard it on the way over. Okay, but did have you heard the the full? The, it's got a kind of a guitar. You know, it doesn't quite live up to eruption, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still it's its own track. But it bleeds right into Pretty Woman. Oh, okay. and that one you don't always hear together. Sometimes they'll just go right into Pretty Woman, but when you start to hear that one, you also know that they're going to bleed it right into to Pretty Woman. Um, but yeah, again, it's just it's amazing what that man's fingers could do yeah. with that guitar. And and when you think that that original Frankenstrat, the red, you know, the one that everybody knows, he built that with parts. I mean, it was called Frankenstrat because it was a Frankenstein guitar. He literally built it with a neck from here, a body from here and Jesus. different pickups. And he built a guitar for, I want to say less than 200 bucks. Wow. And it became 
I gotta say, the most iconic guitar in the history of music. Yeah. I think. I mean, you can show people a lot of guitars, or drum kits, or whatever from many, many musicians, and you know, I guess the only other person I can think of, maybe two. Two other people. One being Prince's big purple, that, yeah. you know, because that was very unique. And the other being, and, and other people have used it since, but Gene Simmons's battle axe bass. Yeah. But still, the most famous is that red, white, and black. You know, I mean, it literally looks like a kid put it together with pinstriping. And, and it was actually red Schwinn bicycle paint. The, the, the original body of the guitar was black. And then he started putting white tape on it, and then he spray painted um, the the Swin bicycle paint to give you the look of, of what it is. Jesus. And I know two people who are are you know in local bands. One guy is actually in a Motley Crue uh, tribute band. tribute band, but his and he's Vince Neil, huh. but he's also a really good guitar player, and he actually built the Frankenstrat to the exact letter of the way. It, Eddie built his, Damn. including the pickup that he put on the guitar mm -hmm. didn't quite fit that body. So Eddie took a quarter, and I want to say I might be wrong, but I think it was a 1976 quarter. And my buddy that uh, did this actually found, had a found a 1976 quarter and used it in the same place. And, of course, when you look at uh, Eddie playing live he's always got a cigarette sticking out at the end of the the neck of the guitar wow. he even burnt the the neck of the guitar you know because eddie would light a cigarette and leave it in there and burn it down to the nub so the the neck of the guitar where you know the you tune had all kinds of cigarette burns and he even did that to to recreate Damn, it that's pretty cool yeah um so, did you know i i had known this years ago that when dimebag daryl died i get eddie van halen was his biggest hero because I guess Pantera was originally a hair metal band. A lot of people don't know that. Um, uh, yeah, hell, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, there's actually footage of early Pantera, and they look like a hair metal band. It's very, very weird. Anyway, but when Dimebag Daryl died, he Eddie Van Halen put one of his guitars in the casket with him, which is pretty fucking cool for him to do. That, And again, Dimebag Daryl was pretty legendary on his own, but it's still pretty cool that he did that for someone that idolized him and, you know became you know an icon in his own right so right and i mean you could say that about a lot of those guys that came up in the early 80s you know because if you go back and you listen to um a lot of the old 80s hair metal you'll hear a lot of that same style mm -hmm. and even the tapping method and everything but i mean they're basically mimicking what they heard and Ed, from eddie right you know and eddie eddie took clapton and jimmy page and the guy that I, whose name escapes me and, and basically kind of took pieces from all of them and created his own style. And it's just, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, when people throw around the words like legend and icons uh, all the time, but well-deserved. Yeah. Well-earned yeah. every, every sense of the word, that guy, he is a guitar God. Yeah. I mean, so, so yeah, uh, I think that's probably going to be all we got for this week. Um, I don't know when we'll be back. We'll cover um, all of our week five games and, and preview week six. Do you have any idea? Probably, Probably Wednesday. Wednesday. All right. No, so, Thursday. One of those days. One of those days. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, uh, thanks for checking us out. Enjoy your weekend, and we will see you next time. Dylan. Bye, mate. See ya.